Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you this week to talk about some of the behind the scenes goings on when we invest in multifamily. And this week, it's all about lawyers. Who needs them? Um, a little bit of humor there. We love all the legal folks that we get a chance to work with. They do a lot of really important work for us and for you, those of you that work with us. And if you own property directly, or if you're invested with another sponsor, um, you either already do, or you certainly should benefit from a team of legal experts like we use. Uh, how many lawyers does it take to pull all this off? Well, our answer is six. And I'm going to go through those six with you today. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Please don't forget to swing by the Learning Center at marapoling.com. Lots of great content there. Some upcoming webinars you can register for. Uh, recent webinars, uh, the recordings have now posted. They're available on the multifamily real estate channel. And uh, while we do not have any current live events scheduled, we will be adding some live events over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, for later this year. All right. So with that, let's talk about lawyers. So I am an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I have a lot of friends that are lawyers. They're wonderfully nice people. We love all the attorneys that we get a chance to work with. Um, and everybody probably knows a good lawyer joke, right? Um, hence the uh, how many lawyers does it take to invest in multifamily real estate line? Um, we value the legal teams we work with greatly. Uh, as a sponsor, we have a responsibility to the families that we work with to make sure that this work is done correctly and that the risk is managed appropriately. We think that that is a responsibility that other sponsors have as well. Uh, and one of the benefits of investing passively with a sponsor is you will get access to probably a pretty extensive legal team that you may or may not have access to on your own if you're building your own portfolio. If you are building your own portfolio, whether you need uh, six firms or six people or just one lawyer that knows how to do all six of these things we're gonna discuss, um, we think these are essential elements to managing multifamily real estate investing. And I wanna just take a little bit of time to walk through each of those. Like I said, there's six of them. Uh, not necessarily in any order, but I don't know, maybe they came out of my head that way. We'll see as we go through. All right. So first up is transaction attorneys. And by the way, these are not titles that, I don't know, maybe you could Google real estate transaction attorney and you'd get a list of people. Um, this is just how we refer to the work that each of these folks do for us. So transaction attorneys, when we buy a property, working on one as I sit here speaking with you, when we buy a property, we have a letter of intent that we submit to the owner. We'll push that back and forth at each other. When we get that signed, we give that to one of our transaction attorneys and they'll work with the seller's attorney. 
in order to put a contract together for us to be able to sign. Same goes when we're getting ready to sell an asset. Somebody will give us an LOI, we'll agree to it, and our attorneys will work with theirs to put together a contract for the execution of that sale. Uh, transaction attorneys are extremely important. There is so much intricate detail that needs to be done correctly so that everyone is uh, protected and that everyone knows what's going on. That's so much of what these documents are about from a practical standpoint is providing notice and awareness so we're all clear about what it is we're doing because there's a lot of moving parts. Even if you're buying a smaller property, you're buying a fourplex, there's still a lot of stuff that goes on. Contracts that are, uh, that are uh, in place at the property today, uh, utility relationships, the status of existing tenants and payables and receivables and rent that's already been collected or rent that's past due. How is all that dealt with? That's what your contract is going to cover. Is there a, well, this is just how it's done? Well, sure, there's standard deal structure, if you will, but it's all negotiable. And that's what your attorney is going to help you get done. We actually have several transaction firms that we work with. Uh, our transactions can take on a couple of different sizes and shapes. For example, on occasion, we will use a tenants in common structure in order to acquire assets. Uh, and we have a transaction firm that works with us uh, that does that type of work really well. Uh, we have another transaction firm that we work with that's just phenomenal in terms of the quality of work they do and their speed and their efficiency. We love working with them. Um, great people. If you're starting out trying to do this work on your own, find yourself a good transaction attorney. That, that will make your life a lot easier. Next, an entity attorney. So when we purchase a piece of property, uh, the loans that we use, as well as our own internal standards, require us to create an entity that will be on title for that asset. Uh, whether it's a limited liability company or a limited partnership or whatever other kind of entity it might be, somebody has to create that entity. Uh, some transaction attorneys, We'll do that for you. Uh, some transaction attorneys focus solely on doing transactions and they aren't going to do that work for you. And there'll be other needs throughout the life of an entity to do things with that entity, to make updates to the operating agreement and the like. So having an attorney that can handle all of those entity items is, <clears throat> pardon me, essential. So we have a firm that we use that does our entity work for us. Um, we have several dozen entities uh, as of today that we manage. There's almost always, it seems like something going on that needs to be done to keep that entity in sync with the way we're currently managing uh, it uh, as, we, um, as we go forward. So transaction attorney, entity attorneys. Next contracts. Um, my first exposure to law of any kind was uh, back in uh, the university when I took a business law class, which was predominantly about contracts. 
And I found that quite fascinating, not fascinating enough to decide to become a lawyer uh, instead of an accountant, uh, but I found it quite fascinating. Um, we don't do a lot of contract work in real estate. Um, it's these transactions that are more significant, but there are contracts, right? For example, uh, if we have a laundry facility on site, uh, odds are the laundry is supplied by a third party. They own the machines, they manage them, they maintain them, they collect the uh, rent, uh, pardon me, the revenue from those machines, and then they send us our cut. Uh, there's a couple of big companies that do that work uh, and managing those contracts, negotiating them, putting them in place, managing the transfer of them when we either buy or sell a piece of property, and in some instances, negotiating the termination of them if we're going to do something different from a laundry standpoint. And that's just one of the many contracts associated with a property that need to be managed. There is a property management contract that has to be negotiated and put in place. That can be done and on occasion is done by our contracts team. A lot of times it's also done by our transaction attorney because the lenders want to get into that and they want to have some input uh, into what that agreement has. Um, and so sometimes it'll get managed by those folks. The other reason that we have a contracts group that we work with, uh, and this is the fourth type of attorney, we happen to have one firm that does both, is litigation. Nobody likes suing people. Nobody wants to get sued either. Um, the best contract ever negotiated is the one that goes in the drawer as soon as it's signed and is never pulled out because everybody simply does what they had committed to do and the relationship works great. If there's ever a question and somebody says, I don't quite remember what it was we were supposed to do here or what you were supposed to do, then we go get the contract and we open it. And on occasion, someone will say, yeah, that's not what that says. That says this. So I'm going to do this thing instead of that thing. And there's a dispute and it ends up in front of front of an arbitrator or a mediator or a judge or a jury or who knows what, but somebody's got to manage that process as well. And so litigation is a reality of the world that we live in. Uh, and that includes um, defensive litigation, right? So someone uh, brings suit against us for some reason. Uh, and uh, if you're invested uh, as a passive investor in a property, uh, that has 300 units in it, well, there's 300 potential people that could sue, um, plus a whole bunch of other folks that are out there. So there has to be a litigation component for us. We bundle that in with our contracts team. Um, but somebody needs to be at the ready for those rare events, and they are exceptionally rare. But somebody needs to be able to step in and deal with those things. If you're building your own portfolio, you need a real estate attorney, which typically is going to be the person that can do transactions for you. That person may or may not be a good litigator, and they may or may not be very good at managing contracts, right? So you might have two attorneys from that standpoint. You might be able to find one that pulls all that um, together. Um, you need to do your own vetting to get comfortable that you've got um, your bases covered for those items. Okay, 
The next two are a little more specialty oriented and you may or may not have these types um, yourself. Uh, one in particular, depending upon where you are geographically. So um, the first of these is a regulatory attorney. Now, because we raise money from investors, uh, we syndicate, we are regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. There are things that we have to do in order to play by the rules. And so that's one element of what our regulatory team does for us, is make sure that we've done all the proper filings, that we're current on everything that we owe, that we're fully disclosing what needs to be disclosed, that we're playing by the rules. There are not a lot of rules. This, these are uh, not overly regulated investments, um, but there is regulation that needs to be complied with, and that's what our regulatory team um, helps us with. But they also do two other things, one for me and one for you, or at least those of you that either are investors with us already or might be considering doing that. What they do for me is they help me think about how to do what it is I'm trying to get done. We may, for example, come up with a new product for the marketplace. Maybe it's a new offering of some kind, a new opportunity that we've identified and we've said, yeah, we, we want to do that. And here's how we would like to offer this to people. Well, the regulatory team is part of our decision-making process. We get with them and describe what it is we want to do and how we want to do it and what the objectives are and how we'd like that to all work. And then they will come back to us with, great, you can do every bit of that. Or, and this is more likely the answer. You can do all of that, but you can't do these three things and the rest of it you have to do in this specific way, which is fantastic because we're not regulatory attorneys. We don't know what all of those rules are. We just know what it is we want to try and do to meet the needs of investors in the marketplace. The regulatory folks help us make sure that we structure that correctly. And that is how those regulatory attorneys ultimately really work for you. If you invest with a sponsor, their regulatory attorneys, while they're doing the work and getting paid by that sponsor, they're really working for you because what they're making sure is that everything is being done in accordance with these regulations. And the regulations are almost exclusively about making sure that prospective investors have as much information as they possibly can about the investment they're potentially going to make so they can make a fully informed decision. If you were to give me a phone call or shoot me an email, pat at marpolling.com, and this is not a solicitation, just an example. If you sent me an email and said, Pat, I'd love to learn more about your fund. I'm going to send you some documents. One of them is going to be a private placement memorandum. It is a document written by our attorneys with a lot of input from us, but to comply with requirements we have from the regulatory bodies to fully inform you and disclose to you all the stuff that goes on and could go on, in particular, a section all about risks, all about the things that could happen that could increase the risk of this kind of an investment. That's a really valuable document for you to have. We want you to have it. We want you to know what's going to happen and what might happen. That way you can make a decision as to whether or not the risk profile of this investment 
and the prospective returns that we've discussed, whether or not that's a fit for your personal investment portfolio. And if it's not, much better for all of us to figure that out before somebody wrote a check than to figure it out six months after they wrote a check. So those regulatory folks, while we, they work for us and I hire them, they really work for you. And that's the benefit you get. Now, if you're doing your own thing, if you're building your own portfolio, you don't need a regulatory attorney. You're not going out and trying to raise money, at least under the scenario I'm describing here. If you are going to go raise money, if you are going to buy a larger property and you're going to, hey, I, I, know, I know lots of folks. I'll go see how many people I can get to give me some money. You absolutely should talk to a regulatory attorney to make sure that uh, what you're going to do is going to be done correctly. Um, but if you're just building your own portfolio, you're buying some single families or something like that, you don't need a regulatory attorney. But you need to do the same work the regulatory attorney does for me. And that is you need to go through and spell out, okay, how is this actually going to work? What's the process I'm going to use for managing this? What are the risks I am exposing myself to? Because you're not only the sponsor, if you will, but you're the investor. You're, you're everything in this deal. And you don't, if you don't have a regulatory attorney, you don't have someone that's forcing the issue, that's making it a requirement that you understand what you're getting yourself into. So you wouldn't need a regulatory attorney to do, do that for you, but everything that's in a document like our PPM are things you should be looking at and developing on your own so that you're going in eyes wide open to the investment that you make. The final attorney that's on our team, the final part of our legal group, are tax attorneys. Now, there's actually two flavors of tax attorneys. There's tax attorneys like, I don't want to pay tax to the federal government, so Mr. Tax Attorney, help me find a way to pay less tax. That's not what I'm talking about here. We actually don't have need for any of those. Our, our taxes ultimately are actually pretty boring and straightforward. Um, the CPAs we use do, do a phenomenal job managing all of that. Uh, and we do not push the envelope where we need um, uh, representation from that standpoint. But we do need tax attorneys for property taxes. So the investments we make are in the state of Texas currently. That's where our total return fund is focused. And Texas is one of the areas in the country where property taxes are reassessed periodically. And those assessments can be challenged uh, administratively and ultimately, if necessary, uh, in the court. Uh, and to do that, you have to have an attorney that represents you when you get to that final stage. So we do have a firm that takes care of that workforce. It's a pretty routine activity to challenge tax assessments. It's not done on every property every year. I'd say the vast majority of properties at some point in time have had an appeal filed and some properties get appeals filed every single year. Um, I'm not aware of any instance where we've not been granted some relief from the appeal process. In some instances, it's significant because the original assessment was uh, drastically out of line with the market. Um, and in others, it's more modest, but I believe it's always been uh, accretive to our um, to our returns. So if you are uh, building your own portfolio, uh, 
you're going to want an attorney that can help you uh, buy and sell properties that uh, can put an entity together for you, uh, an LLC, an LP, whatever it might happen to be that you're going to need, that can review the contracts that you'll be buying and acquiring as part of that acquisition and contracts that you'll be putting in place while you own that property. And you'll need an attorney in case something ever goes sideways and you need to defend yourself or bring a suit against someone. There are absolutely attorneys out there that do all of that. There are firms that can do all of that. You can also break that up into pieces and have multiple relationships. If you are a passive investor, either with Mara Poling or with another sponsor, you most likely have that team in place already. If you are an investor with us, you have that legal team supporting you today. Uh, that's part of the benefit of investing with a sponsor like Mara Poling is you don't have to go out and build this entire team to do this. Now, by the way, that does not preclude you from having your own attorney if you wanted to have someone review a subscription agreement or a PPM to help you understand it better. We're always happy to do everything we can in that regard and would never suggest anyone that they shouldn't if they wanted to have their own attorney take a look at it. Um, but our attorneys are doing all of that work um, up front uh, for your benefit. So answering the question, lawyers, who needs them? Well, we all do. We're multifamily real estate investors. There's a lot of money that's involved in all of this. It's important that this work be done correctly, if, especially if we're going to be focusing on taking risk off the table and being good stewards, as we work hard to be, uh, of our clients' hard-earned dollars, then uh, we want to make sure we've got a good team supporting us. And we love all of our attorneys. They're great folks. They're wonderful people. We, we uh, like them all personally. Uh, and they also just do great work. We're very pleased with uh, the group that we have and uh, are grateful for their ongoing support. I hope you found this week's session valuable. If you have questions about attorneys and where you might find them and what do I mean by a transaction attorney versus a contracts attorney, I am happy to talk about that in some additional detail for you. You can just drop me an email, pat at marapolling.com. If you'd like to see a PPM, if you're, hey, that sounds really interesting. I'm not real familiar with PPMs. Shoot me an email. Uh, whether you ultimately are interested in investing with us or not, that's not an issue. I'm happy to share our private placement memorandum with you. Just shoot me an email. Again, pat at marapolling.com. And until next time, Thank you, and join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.